in The Dark Knight, the second of the most recent trilogy of Batman movies. It'll work. Give it a second here. So Bruce Wayne, he was considering giving up Batman. The Joker had the city of Gotham pretty well under siege, and he promised to stop if Batman would simply give himself up, stop fighting, and turn himself in to the authorities. And as he was wondering what he should do, Bruce had a conversation with Alfred, who had raised him since he was a little boy. He said, people are dying, Alfred. What would you have me do? Endure, Master Wayne. Take it. They'll hate you for it, but that's the point of Batman. He can be the outcast. He can make the choice that no one else can make. The right choice. I have a feeling that that fatherly sage advice was similar to what God the Father might have been whispering to Jesus when he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. In the second temptation of the devil, Jesus was being given the opportunity to give up all that he was doing in order to fix everything. The devil was offering Jesus the glory and authority over all the kingdoms of the world. And that had to be a tempting offer. Not for the glory. Jesus had glory. He talked about returning in glory and he had the glory that he had in the presence of God before the world existed. Jesus had glory coming out of every part of himself in the transfiguration. What Jesus didn't have was obedience from everyone. Jesus didn't have the ability to force his perfect will upon people. Jesus loved people and he wanted them to believe in God and to live in the ways of God's kingdom. Jesus loved people and wanted them to believe so much so that he died for it. He wanted it so much that when the devil offered it to him, it had to be a tempting offer. You've got a long and hard mission ahead of you, Jesus. Preaching, teaching, healing people, people loving you, using you, hating you. You'll be dealing with hypocrites, dust, beating, scorn, blood, pain, death, and all for what? So that people will still often choose not to live God's kingdom? No, bow down to me. And I'll give you the authority you need to complete your mission. No one else will have to do anything. It'll be done here and now. Bow down to me and accomplish your sole purpose. And that was tempting. Avoid pain and suffering. Claim here on earth the glory that is yours from the foundation of the world. And force people to obey you. Have power over people to make everything go the way you want it to go. No more getting frustrated at people's poor choices. No more having to put up with others in authority choosing the wrong thing. No more having to endure the short-sighted, wrong thinking of well-intentioned idiots. You can be in charge and make every decision be the right decision. And Jesus said, thanks, devil guy. The offer is tempting. 
But I can't force everyone to love God and each other by turning my back on God. As much as I would like to make everyone do the right thing. That's not the way the Father and I work. I have to suffer the pain of watching the ones I love make terrible choice after terrible choice. I have to love them enough to let them. I have to endure it. I have to take it. I have to lead and teach and love even when I am outcast and hated for it. I have to make the choice that no one else can make. The right choice. For us in the church recently, I have seen our church leaders more and more making the right choice. If we look at our politics and our general way of life in civil society nowadays, in secular society nowadays, division is the name of the game. We're so afraid that the wrong people will end up getting their way that we have become incredibly divided in our nation. I would argue that we have bowed down to the devil, to Satan, the adversary, the bringer of division. The polarized ends of our society have wanted to force the decisions to go how they want them to go and to hell with those wrong-minded people. And while seeking to do good, the polarizing, demonizing divisions of our society are bowing down to the devil and bringing about so much harm. It's a temptation that all of us fall prey to. All of us want at some point to bow down to the devil, that, that, that power, to bow down to the power that the devil gives us so that we can have our way. That was the temptation of the bishops of the Anglican Communion meeting in London about a month ago. They were meeting to determine, among other things, how the Anglican Communion could remain united amidst deep differences around issues of human sexuality and marriage and biblical interpretation. And division was knocking at the door. The devil was offering power to those threatened by the actions of the Episcopal Church. Kick them out. Excommunicate them. Make them leave the communion so you can no longer be bothered by them. Contrary to what most mainstream papers printed at the time, the bishops did not choose to follow that offer made by the devil. The Episcopal Church was not excommunicated. For three years, the Episcopal Church will likely have a diminished role within the councils of the Anglican Communion. But the Communion held. The bonds of affection which unite us through Jesus held over the temptations of the devil. We are still one in mission. We are still one in Jesus. The clergy and lay leaders of our diocese have faced similar temptations as we have struggled together for the last four year, years on the same issues. Like the bishops of the Anglican Communion, we have met at diocesan council as we did this past weekend. Our diocese has chosen not to give in to the temptations of the devil, but to remain united. We have chosen to remain united in mission. And we have chosen to remain united in Jesus. 
as we addressed issues which brought up our differences even yesterday. Leaders gave heartfelt pleas for people to vote their way. And they also said, whatever the outcome, we remain united. In both cases, the bishops of the Anglican Communion and the clergy and lay leaders of our diocese have chosen to resist the temptations of the devil and chosen instead to follow Jesus. They've chosen to ensure that all of the well-intentioned, wrong-minded people will be endured. They've chosen to see the others as wrong-minded, absolutely, but well-intentioned and wrong-minded. They've chosen to see them as brothers and sisters. They've chosen to give up the power of division and to take on instead the weakness of unity, the weakness of reconciliation, the weakness of striving together, the weakness of Jesus who gave up his power for the sake of love and chose to be hated and to be outcast, to be mocked and condemned and killed for the sake of us, his beloved. Each of us faces the same challenge within the church, within our daily lives, within our relationships. When we fight with those we love, we're often tempted to choose power, the power of being right, the power of trying to force our rightness onto the beloved. We're tempted to choose the power of ending relationships so we don't have to endure or strive together any longer. So we can be right and make life go the way we want it to. When strife and crime start happening close to home, we're tempted to build higher walls, have more security, and retreat away. Yet as Jesus' disciples were guided to follow Jesus, to take on his yoke, to take on the weakness of unity, the weakness of reconciliation, the weakness of striving together, the weakness of stepping out together into the areas of our lives, the areas of our city that frighten us. Resisting the power of the devil and his division, which serves only ourselves, we take on God's mission of reconciliation together as one church. We endure for the sake of Jesus' beloved. We endure for the sake of his love, And we leave the wilderness of striving together in our differences strengthened to live God's mission of reconciliation. Amen.